What happens when you take a redneck fishing guide and pair him up with a master beekeeper? Well, we're about to find out. Join our host, Ken Milam and John Swan, as they help you brave the sting of beekeeping to reap the sweet rewards. This is The Hive Jive. Oh. <laughs> We're on. Oh, red light. Well, red, in that case. Red buttons on. <laughs> See? Red buttons on. Hot mic. Hot mic. Mouthful of Pop-Tart. <laughs> okay. Well, anyhow, a little too late for that. Yep. <laughs> so... All right, Mr. Ken. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess, I think we're going. I guess we're going. Mm, we're on. I don't know where we're going. Oh, we'll figure <laughs> or, it out. Or what we're on. <laughs> uh, well, um, I'll tell you what. Let me just go out here and make a few uh, buzzes around, and we'll see where we're headed. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Gotta, yeah, you're so funny. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're you're learning things these days. Um, yeah, I am. From your book that your son forced you to read which was really Honey good Bee democracy that is a hell of a book tom seeley yeah assuming the world doesn't end before june tom mm-hmm. seeley is our keynote speaker at the texas beekeepers association really? summer clinic in june in denton texas so wow when did you get, uh, get him in here on, as that's a, a guest that's a long way away okay yeah denton texas is three and a half hours from here i know that's yeah. why i can't make that oh you're making it buddy oh, i am making you're it you're making it oh, I'm, I'm gonna be there okay Actually, so we're I gonna have to do i don't know like i said i prefaced the whole thing with if the world doesn't end before then <laughs> okay well if the world doesn't end before then what what i'll do is we can do a can i'll do a can radio show and then i can do be there yeah we can do that yeah we'll figure it out um Eric's not in there. He's not listening. I will know more after we have our upcoming board meeting, um, but there's a chance. Mm-hmm. Don't get too excited out there, mm-hmm. everybody, but there is a slim chance in hell uh, that the Hive Jive may close out the clinic. Wow. Maybe. Wow. Maybe. We'll see. There's there's lots of moving parts with that, and uh, there's also some perception things that have to be dealt with, and so we'll just kind of see how that all goes along um but yeah we'll see it could be could be fun it could be Uh, speaking of fun i have two packages coming in in a few weeks yeah those suckers are getting here way quicker than i thought they would yeah they're you're supposed to be um supposed to be getting them well they're shipping them on thursday the 19th which means they'll probably be here saturday Mm because she said it wasn't guaranteed overnight shipping wasn't guaranteed overnight shipping yeah and it would be horribly judgment on their part if they were going to ship something that was going to take longer right. and the bees didn't get there till monday because that right. means they're setting somewhere yeah. in the heat she says they keep them moving well I says okay o- only if the ship actually arrives by saturday yeah. if not you know it'll be monday mm-hmm. uh, well i guess it also depends on what business they ship it through because there are a couple of them that do run on sundays so but they're not coming through amazon so, <laughs> so no that, that they're may be coming the from usps they're united states Postal oh well Service. yeah then out of luck if that happens yeah. if they don't, if they're not there by saturday you won't see them till monday yep i know but uh she says oh well you don't have to worry about them because we've had bees that stayed a week i'm sitting there yeah that's gee no. that's uh that's a great yeah i'm sitting there no not, i didn't pay for those that's not something you should be bragging about <laughs> no no our bees will do just fine <laughs> setting in a truck for a week. as long as we got a can full of sugar water in there don't worry about it yeah <laughs> no bueno no bueno but anyway we'll have uh uh those to talk about here for long and then we got let's see we got 
though we got those bees coming in then we got carniolans i got six uh packages of carniolans coming then i got three packages of russians coming i haven't ordered to scratch yet yeah like 11 total got 12, 11. 11 two total. of the two of the first bunch six carniolans three of the russians so they'll be 11 yep. okay 11 packages so many fun things to do yeah i want to get some scratch just see how much meaner they are yeah well i mean we don't know that's why we were talking to mary on that last episode to, to see if she had any idea and she said she's not really ever had to, to mess with them or encounter them so she's not sure and all of the stuff that you see out there online is very polarizing as far as some people it's the same concept as almost the russians you know some people are like oh they're evil don't get them and other people are like no they're great and so it's hard to say the apiary instruct uh, apiary the retired apiary inspector from california says she has some her neighbor has some she loves them she hmm. so says they are the best honey producers out there i don't know so but see but that's not that's, that's where i'll leave it alone but that's not to speak about their their defensiveness or their behavior mm-hmm. that just says they make a lot of honey i know the guy i've been getting all of this uh drawed comb from he, he did not says like them. they are mean yeah he did not like them. Uh, not a little bit um so yeah so like i said it's very polarizing out there it's a it's a 50 50 shot you know they either love them or hate them and that's kind of the same thing with the russians they either yep. love them or hate them yep. so that is what it is well, let's uh, let's kick off here like we have been doing, and let's go back and touch base real quick with our latest patrons that have signed up. So we would like to reach out real fast and give a howdy hello and a thank you for joining and thank you for your support on Patreon to Eddie P, Andrew W, Tony P, Mitchell M, Jordan J, and Tom P. Thank you guys so very much for joining us out there on Patreon. That is so greatly appreciated. Hopefully you all received both your welcome emails and also your hello video personalized messages to say thanks for reaching out and supporting us there. Um, it, it always just thrills me whenever we we see the, the new people coming in on that because it's just so... It's so humbling in a way to, to actually see the support and see how many people out there just love the show that much um <laughs> really you know we come in here to have fun i mean that's why we do it and then you know we started this like i i, I wanted to get in the bee business i met john and john you want to do a podcast sure well yeah let's do a podcast and then we'll have too much fun doing this stuff and then now we have so many people listening to us and and they're Hopefully they're new or beginning, and I know we have listeners that are been in the bee business for 17 years. Conrad, thank you for listening. But I mean, this is crazy. We have the very beginnings. We have people that's been doing it forever. Yeah, then we even have hives named after us. We do. <laughs> um, actually, and you you brought that up, but I did because we we mentioned it on the. We actually mentioned it on one of our Patreon bonus episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of brought that up in there, and I talked about how it was uh, driving me crazy because we have uh, listeners out Almost there crazy. that had sent us some photos, mm-hmm. and I had saved the photos, and then I ended up losing 
the feed that it was on and I couldn't find it so I couldn't give credit to it and I really wanted to post these out there and I, I just I couldn't because I couldn't find it and I didn't want to didn't want to be that way but um, they are actually patrons and so they heard it on the bonus episode <laughs> and they went back and they resent the thread to us so thank you Tim E for sending the thread back over to us and this is the cutest thing ever so the photos and we'll post those out there on social media for everybody to see the photos are of little Miss Alyssa and Alyssa is an Australian beekeeper and an Australian listener. She is also a patron, and she pays herself with the honey money wow. so that she can be a patron of the Hive Jive. <laughs> Thank you. Um, she's recently <laughs> built a long-laying hive at her height. They haven't put any bees into it just yet, and uh, they don't have bees in the top bar just yet either. They're waiting for their new spring to return, so... Um, they do have two Carniolans for the first time this year, and they're very excited about that. But she has a Langstroth hive and a Top Bar hive, and the Top Bar hive has Les Crowder's name on it. And the Langstroth hive has your name and my name on it. And uh, it is it is absolutely just amazing to see. I mean, it's it's again, it's humbling and it's heartwarming and it's just cute as hell. And her and her little bee suit is just fantastic. But thank you so much, Tim, for for sending that back over to us so that we can get that out there. Um, That is amazing. So we will post that out there by the time this episode is out so everybody can see it. We will uh, post the pictures of Alyssa out there with her hives and her bee suit and smoker. Um, And thank you, Alyssa, for listening. We greatly appreciate it. And we are so honored that you are a patron of the show. Thank you so much. We also have an email from your redneck brother from another mother down under brett brett sent us uh, another update from down under and so we'll we'll go through here real quick and then we also have another email from australia and we'll get to that one here in just a second but this one starts off says hey guys well where to start lots of things have been happening here since last time we spoke or wrote um and then he the jerabombera which is jerabombra is derived from the local Aboriginal place naming, meaning youngsters meeting place. Um, It's mainly comprised of large trees that are eucalyptus, oak, and elm. And then without ever actually being in uh, Jerobambra or tasting the specific honey, I'm not exactly sure if it would have a eucalyptus base or not, but it would obviously be very distinct because it's localized. And then he, he, he said, you know, input giving your butterscotch taste. Well, it's what it is. It's butterscotch. Yeah, and he says, now, for some reason, I want a Werther's Original. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is. It's Werther's Original. That's the flavor. Yep. He said he's going to have to settle for his bees going out and trying to find the tea tree flowers that are currently blooming. Um, He has some native bees. They have tea tree down there. Now, if they have tea tree down there, would uh, tea tree oil is very good about combat help and combat mites so even though they don't have mites would tea tree the tea tree flower now that's something to think about there's there's a there's somebody they can get some money to go uh study that (laughs) brett's trying to kill me here with some of these words um I'm gonna. So he said we have some native bees here, and and they have a. He put the scientific name for them in there. I'm gonna say they're the stingless bees, which are the little bitty ones, and they make like little honey ball pot kind of things. Mm-hmm. They make a very strange nest. Um, but, and and forgive me everybody because I am gonna butcher this all to all get out here. Um, Tetragonia. Uh, sure. Carbonaria. 
Now carbonara? it sounds now it sounds like pasta. Pasta carbonara. Carbonara. <laughs> carbonara. Yeah. It's so good with, uh, with your Italian sausage and your <laughs> Australian kangaroo. <laughs> um Tetragolia Gonula. Tetragonula Gon God, I can't. <laughs> Anyhow, he has a hive of native bees. And he's had him here for a couple of years, and he decided to do an education, which I think is his version of an experiment. He placed an empty box in front of it, making them use the new box as the enter the main hive. After a couple of months, they had placed sugar bags, which is their honey pods. Their their honey pods. Yeah. They build the wax into a like a pot, and then they fill that, and then they can cap it off. But it makes a ball that's facing upright instead of like. Like our comb does. Really? Yeah. So he did that, and he said they did go ahead and start putting these little honey pots around the edges and storing some pollen alongside it. Um, they were attacked by a fighting swarm. This lasted for three days with many bees dying. They locked onto each other, and then they would both die in the process. After this period, things settled down, and probably three months after the fighting swarm, I checked the hive and found that they had been taken over by a completely different strain— um, same first name, but last part is Hawking Sea, uh, which are well known for taking over the other native species colonies as they are considerably larger and more aggressive. Interestingly, it seems that they have taken over the hive, the brood that hatches is basically forced into being slaves for the invading hives during their lives. Once all the brood is hatched, then the brood is all of the new strain um, I'll show some pictures of these ty- two types of brood, which is the easiest way to identify the bees being kept. They so, got mean bees down there. Well, but these are all, and again, I think I'll have to actually go in and look at it. But I uh-huh. think they're talking about the stingless bees, and so they uh-huh. don't they don't actually sting. They don't have a stinger, okay. but they bite and they do other stuff. So, uh, but we'll uh, you know very uneducated here on this one. I'll have to actually go and do some research on it. That's what I get for uh, reading these in the studio instead of reading them ahead of time. Um, Everybody's laughing at you. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> We'll let it go. We all got to have a good laugh every now and then. Uh, people in America are going, man, I don't, I, I don't know what that would be either. And people in well, Australia now, are like, come on, man, now, it's this. <laughs> Brett, when they build the, the honeypot, I'm sure they have to go, do they go from left to right around? To to put the wax on? Or do they go from right to left around? Do they go Why? counterclockwise or clockwise? Why you are so obsessed with uh, <laughs> with how that goes. Um, he says it never seems to stop raining here and I've given up measuring it, but I have emptied our, um, Willie Ben rain gauge numerous times now. Willie Ben. Yeah. It's cause they were using a trash can, like the big <laughs> trash can on wheels full of water. He's emptied his Willie Ben rain gauge. Um, Ken, yes. Red deer mate. Also Chital deer. Um, but not specifically on the farm. So yes, there are red deer out there that you can hunt. And there's also the Chital deer. You could, uh, you I could, could go, go on hunting. a hunting trip, yep. But not on the farm, not on the avocado farm. You'd you can't have to, hunt on the avocado Well, they don't have those deer on the avocado farm. You just but, have to go find the But deer. I could go down there and eat avocado and hunt red deer. Yeah, teach them how to make guacamole. Yeah. And you can hunt the chital deer as well. <laughs> the yellow box honey mentioned by Al from down in Research Victoria, he spoke of this type of tree. It's the eucalyptus melodora. It's not honey out of a yellow bee box. So it may literally be yellow honey, but he said yellow box. So he's just clarifying. What Basically what he's doing is he's going back and compiling all the little tidbits of things we've said over the mm-hmm. last month, and he's answering them. Okay. <laughs> but completely out of context. So, so <laughs> if you had yellow honey and you made mead out of it, what would it look like? <laughs> it would just be a yellow-colored mead, probably. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 
bitch. <laughs> I got you. All yeah. right. Uh, so, Ken, the easiest way to say wallaby is wobbly. Wobbly? W-O-B-B-L-Y, if you, the phonetic spelling of it. Wobbly. Wobbly. Um, wallaby. So, wallaby, wobbly. Most Aussies, now we're going to get back to how I just said okay. that. Okay. Most Aussies say it that way. Wallaby tastes a lot like venison. It's very really? lean and gamey like goat, but most like venison. How does it barbecue? Does it grill? How's it, how is it on the bobby? Flash fried is not bad, but it's best done in a stew or a casserole. Um, we don't have any armadillos down here, which is a shame because I would love to have an armadillo hat. Ha ha ha. John, while we're at it, Aussie is pronounced Aussie and Aussie. not RC. And I, I did I did see this part and I responded back to him in the way that he spelled arse. I was like, um, no, to be that, to be that, PC, no. that's a donkey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> An arse is a donkey. Yeah. And I say Aussie. I, it's basically A-U-S-S-S is how I'm pronouncing yeah, it. He says that from down there, it's O-Z-Z-Z-E-E-E-E. Aussie. Aussie instead of Aussie. Oh, hell no. That's a, that's a rock and roll singer. <laughs> Aussie Osborne, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. He said, Ken, we do have NASA down here. Now here, this is where it gets well, funny. So that? let's go back to the last sentence okay. so we can pair these things together. While we're at it, Aussie is pronounced Aussie and not Arse. Yeah. Okay. Ken, we do have NASA down here. It is abbreviated A-R-S-E, <laughs> which is still Arse. <laughs> so their rocket program is a donkey. We're going to shoot his ass up in the air. <laughs> uh, he says, here's a picture. And then he goes, well, may not be work or children safe, but it's funny all the same. So we'll look at that after the fact. Cyrocell. Um, on the Cyrocell subject you guys yeah. talked about, I can get a single 10-frame Cyrocell feeder with timber for about 40 Aussie dollars. Aussie dollars. Aussie. Um, which right now would come out to about 26 U.S. dollars. That's just to give you, price, then. Yeah, just to give you an idea on how bad our exchange rate is at the moment. Ugh. Uh, let's see. The Cap Queen cells that I sent some pictures of have hatched a couple of days later. She is currently laying up a storm. She has an awesome brood pattern, and I think that I will use some of her eggs to requeen another colony with that brood or that line of queens. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. I've attached a picture that shows some things going on around here from our local Facebook down in Queensland that shows an apiary that's been driven through by a four-wheel drive. Senseless waste for no bloody good reason. Very sad to say that although... America and Australia are oceans apart. We still seem to have very similar bad elements with no respect whatsoever. In reference to Lacey putting the sugar directly into the comb from her top bar hive, I decided to give it a try in a small nuke that was running out of food. I milled some white sugar in a Nutri-Blender and then mixed it with some water to make it just runny enough to Bond smear it. across the comb. Yeah. It worked well, and I managed to work its way down into the cells. I placed it in and checked it three days later. Uh, considering it had been pouring rain for those three days, they would have had nothing else to eat. Mm -hmm. I checked it this morning, and they have used about a third of it. They have cleaned out every speck of the cells that they've emptied, and they are now spotless and shiny. There's no sign of mold, lots of activity on the sugar-covered frame, and there is now a little frame that was empty, which is now covered in wet cells. They are well on their way to drying them down and making honey out of it. So it's a win for me, I think, for my poor struggling Sounds little like nuke. It. Avocado honey, question mark. June, July is the harvest time for the avocados here, when and then the flowering pollination time is July through September. So basically the fruit drops 
and then it turns around and makes new flowers immediately, which is kind of like our orange wow. tree outside the office there, if yeah. you think about it. About a month ago, it still had a, an orange or two on it, and now yeah. it's covered in blooms. Yep. And so it'll and go the back. the bees are after it. Too. Yeah, the bees are all over it this morning. Uh, citrus, citrus, or orange blossom. Yep. I think there's a song like that. Oh, no. Orange blossom special. <laughs> Eric confirms. Uh, let's see. He says that the orchard is about 10 to 15 years old. And he said the season has been horrific for the bees. It's been dry with no food, fires, then rain, then torrential rain, then flooding. And they're saying that next week is supposed to be very wet and a potential cyclone, quote unquote, tropical low rain depression, will be coming down the East Coast. So that will not be fun. Um, I have been having a lot of trouble getting the bees to build up and not wanting to swarm all the time. I now have eight colonies with five of them having supers on to try and get them to draw out some new comb. I fear that I'm going to end up having to combine my hives and probably a lot of feeding for this winter, quote unquote winter. Not that we get much of a winter up here in sunny Queensland. And my last little rant, wingy, (laughs) W-H-I-N-G-E. Apparently a rant is a wingy. A wing. Or a whinge. Might be a whinge. Oh. I don't either because I can't say half the words right, apparently. <laughs> whinge. You just can't talk Aussie worth a damn. Well, this morning I can't talk worth no. a damn. So, uh, is about toilet paper or rather the coronavirus. Here in Australia, there's a sudden panic about toilet paper. Oh, here in Austin, in Texas, too. Yep. It's getting very hard to find any to buy, and people are cleaning out the shelves as soon as, as, soon as the shops open. People have even gotten into fistfights, and there was one instance where people pulled knives on one another over toilet paper. It is, you know, at first it wasn't bad enough that we had all of the brush fires and then millions of dollars of damage, and now people are fighting over bloody toilet paper, for God's sake. Anyways, better go. Looking forward to hearing the next episode, Brett from Down Under. They don't know that they can use sticks and rocks. So... (laughs) All right, so just just so everybody else is on the same page, um, that that shocks me that that's actually going on in Australia as well. But it is definitely yeah. very prevalent here in the United oh, yes. States. Um, you can't find toilet paper in the store. No, you you go into any of the stores, like especially like a Walmart type store or like a Supercenter type store, and you look down the paper aisle and it's barren. The people yeah. have taken everything. No paper towels. No toilet paper. <laughs> it's become toilet currency. paper has become currency. <laughs> that's what Eric says. It's become currency uh, now. <laughs> so. It is um, it is actually kind of just just dumbfounding. But the the downside to this, though, and this is something that uh, Kevin and I were talking about yesterday, and he said that he's you know, it just it pisses him off to no end because the people that are out there that are hoarding all the stuff and that's what they're doing. They're they're buying it in bulk and hoarding it. Well, what they're going to end up doing is they're going to make it even worse for the people that are less fortunate or the elderly people that really need that Mm -hmm. food and that nutrition Mm -hmm. And so now you've got, you know, some 30-year-old a-hole that has three deep freezes full of stuff that they wouldn't ever be able to eat in an entire year, let alone in a three-week, two- or three-month period. But they can trade it for stuff. Well, but then you've got these other people that— Take it uh, to the men's club and take— Yeah, but still, it's it's just—it's unfortunate, the greed. You know, instead of everybody going in and being like, look, this is is all I need are these two— Maybe. <laughs> you know, so it just it it's just it's unfortunate that uh the larger part of society is as greedy and crazed as they are most of the time when some of this stuff happens. Oh, it's just crazy. But if you look back to like even um when Katrina hit New Orleans oh, yeah. and you know, people were like literally getting beat up and killed yeah. over things like diapers. 
Oh, yeah. It's, oh, diapers the same way. Our daughter is telling us that diapers yeah. are the same way. Yeah. I mean. Come on, guys. Go back to the old days. Yeah. Cloths are washable. Just use a cloth oh, diaper. Hell no. Just up. throw them down. Let the dog lick them. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyhow. Um, yeah. But, no, it's just, it's, you know, like, come on, guys. Everybody out there, like, take only what you need. Don't hoard it and keep it all for yourself take what you need and make sure that everybody else has some too and share and share alike yeah, and it's, be it, considerate it's it's uh, there's plenty of people making this stuff there will be more making it and ain't everybody ain't going to get sick then all of a sudden you're going to have all the high dollar stuff and then the rest of it's going to be cheap well it, it just nobody needs 12 cases of toilet paper especially when there's 24 rolls per case you could have Depends been on if they ate a lot of prunes. No, they could have been just fine with two and called it good <laughs> and saved two for several other people. Oh yeah. Um, well, what they're going to do is sell it on eBay or or some some uh, they might. online. They might. There was some sell it for a bunch. There was some idiot out there that was trying to sell hand hand sanitizer for eighty dollars. Uh, Eric says they're making hand sanitizer out of vodka, cheap vodka, and eucalyptus aloe vera. Yeah, I'd go for Everclear. Everclear would be better than hell yeah would, but it's not cheap. Yeah, but it's the strongest shit out there. <laughs> yeah, but a little bit will go a long way. Let's see, <laughs> Everclear and aloe vera, and then put a twist of lime in it. You have a little limey hand, limey hand. <laughs> well, and, and you can have a drink. Um, no, Everclear is actually what I use to make some of the tinctures and stuff, uh, or even do like the queen pheromones when we'll go out and call out a queen and I have a container and we put all the queens in that container and it's got Everclear in it and it'll go through and pull those pheromones and everything out. Uh, yeah, it, uh, you know, oh, speaking of pheromones, uh, uh, you know, we went and got the little swarm yesterday. Oh, out that's of the right. Box. You, so, okay, let's rephrase that. Okay. You guys went and did your colony. first removal of a small colony yes, from a meter box, yes, because yeah. they've already drawn out combs, mm-hmm. so they're no longer a swarm. Oh, that is that that new comb is the most softest, delicate stuff you've ever seen. Yeah, gosh, I mean, and uh, now I told John, I said he said was there any brood? No, wasn't no brood. Very little pollen. They hadn't put any honey in it. And you said, oh, no brood. That's not a good sign. Well. They've been there for a week and a half. A week and a half. They had three comb. Yeah, maybe four. And there's no brood in there. Yeah, there wasn't no brood. And that that was my only thing that was kind of a little bit concerning because a lot of times once they get in and they get a couple of comb established, mm-hmm. the queen's going to lay on at least one of those, mm-hmm. and then they're going to use the other one to put some pollen and some nectar and stuff in so that they can feed the brood. They but have a pollen moving in, that's about it. Yeah, but so that that made me a little concerned. And then you guys said that you never actually saw the queen never herself. Saw the queen. So it could be that um, you just missed her and she's there and she just mm-hmm. hadn't started yet. It could be that it was a virgin queen and that would explain why it was such a tiny swarm. Mm-hmm. And then if that's the case, then you uh, guys are going to have excluder. to you're going to have to undo the queen excluder if if she is a virgin queen or she'll never never get out and get to go mate and do all that. So, so we need to open it up, look for her. if we find a queen, that's good. If we don't, then we need to do like we did with the trailer hive move a we we moved a frame over there to let them build a hive or a queen make a new queen 
Apparently, there was a queen already in there. Or no, what did, what did we do? No, they were they were in the process of building those That's weird right. queen they, cells. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we took those out and gave them a frame of, of brood that we knew mm -hmm. for a fact was from a legitimate queen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that is one thing you can do. If you go through there and you look and you can't find her, you can put in a frame or a bar in this case because mm -hmm. it's in a top bar. You can put in a bar that has some eggs and larvae in it, and then they can go through and use those eggs to make a new queen. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, if they ignore it, then they may have a queen, and she may have been a virgin and too small to see. Okay. Uh, not too small to see, but you just didn't recognize her, right. distinguish from the rest. But uh, the other thing that you might have to do, though, is if you do see her and you still haven't seen any eggs or anything, you may go ahead and, and open up that queen excluder, which it's increasing your chances that they could say yeah, peace and leave. They see you. But... If she can't get out and mate, you're doomed anyway. So, because she she'll just start laying drones, and that's all mm -hmm. that she can do, and she won't ever mate after that. Okay. There is no, you know, oh, I've laid drones for a month, but now I'm going to go out and mate. Like yeah. once she starts, you're you're done on that part. Okay, doke. So what we need to do is about Monday or Tuesday, open it up, look, see if we find any any comb or any any brood, and if we don't, we either open it up or put a new top bar in, another top bar, another in. bar in there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We can do that. All right, so we're going to have we have one other uh, email here real quick, and then we're going to get over to our, our main segment for the day. We're going to talk about bee math here in just a minute. That's the. Uh, Can you sell those to the guys that's worried about about coronavirus? Is it bee mask? A mask? Math. Oh, math. <laughs> bee math, Ken. I thought you were going to sell masks. No masks. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're going to talk about bee masks because apparently that's going to be the newest rage. Uh, no, bee math. So, all right, so, but real quick, we've got one more email from Australia. This is from Rachel, and Rachel is an avid listener and also one of our patrons on Patreon. And Rachel says, Ken and John, I have finally caught up on all of the podcasts so far, as well as my Patreon feed. Uh, I might have to start listening from the beginning again as I'm starting to get withdrawal symptoms. I am so looking forward to you releasing next Monday's episode, which, by the way, it's Monday already, which is 7 a.m. your time, 8 a.m. or 8 p.m. my time, and I am off to bed. So you had better post this edition before I wake up or there's going to be trouble. <laughs> She's going to fly over here and whoop you. Bring it on. <laughs> um, you guys have mentioned maybe once or twice about the less than friendly critters that we have down here in Oz. I thought that... Uh, Oz? Yeah, so I thought that I would explain why we choose to live here. So I've sent a few pictures in here. The first bloke that you see is my 90-year-old dad, and there's a picture of him with a Spanish mackerel as well as a coral trout. This was a few years ago in North Queensland, but he still goes out duck shooting and fishing in New Zealand. So as you can see, I come from a long line of hunter-gatherers. Every Aussie loves a good barbecue and beer, and there's a giant lobster beside the barbecue and beer wearing some sunglasses. Um, crabs are probably my favorite thing to eat, but they're a bit of a pain to peel. And she actually says paff, P-F-A-F-F. Uh, let's see. We catch these prawns and crabs diving at night in our local river. And we have a few saltwater cockroaches around here, too, which is actually a giant lobster. Yeah. And then guessing before you retirement, Ken, you would have, would have been an amazing skipper like Nick here, who showed <laughs> us some great fishing at the Aboros Island a few years back. Although the girlies on the boat became increasingly unpopular for catching the biggest doe fish, and we had the lines while the blokes had all their flashy fishing gear and were sharpening their knives, preparing to use us girlies as bait. Oh, well. <laughs> we also rescued a well on that same trip that was on the coral, and that was a pretty life-changing moment for both us and the whale. 
So yes, always a good idea to check underneath the edge of the rubbish bin for the redback spiders and shine your torch down from the rooftop tent looking for crocodiles if you need to go pee in the night while camping up north. Other than that, who's counting? <laughs> Keep up the good work, boys. Cheers from West of Oz, Rachel. P.S. Um, I have some questions, but I'm going to wait and see if you happen to answer them on the next episode, as you seem to t- typically be one step ahead of me. Uh, except in ex- <laughs> except in a- assembling a flow hive. Um, so she's, she's, she beat you to it. She's already got her flow hive assembled. Well, we'll send you two. (laughs) (laughs) They only just installed nuke number three weeks ago. So probably won't get the flow on top of it before winter. Although they have been very busy filling it up with Jara honey and making babies. So there you go. Thank you very much for Rachel for sending that in. And thank you, Brett, for sending in yours. And, uh, hopefully by the time both of those make it out of editing, they will make some sort of sense. (laughs) You know what? That is a country and Western song there. It is? Yep. How so? Shine your light down from the rooftop so you don't step on a crocodile. (laughs) What do you think, Eric? (laughs) I think you need to work on that last part. You were doing great till you got to the crocodile. I think there needs to be a little bit more buildup. Look for the red spider and the crocodiles. They'll eat your mama. <laughs> that wasn't bad. <laughs> I don't know about the eat your mama part, though. No. <laughs> Can we say that? <laughs> I don't know. Did you say that just to us or was that on the air? Just to us. Okay. So Eric had a verse. Um, would really possibly offend our Aussie listeners. No, I don't think so. You don't think it would? No, because they know Willie. Well, do they, though? Well, yeah. Well, sure. And Willie's a redheaded stranger. But Willie didn't say what Eric just said. (laughs) (laughs) Willie said, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Well. Eric changed cowboys. (laughs) Aussies are a bunch of rednecks like us. (laughs) Well, according to you earlier, you are speculating they may be a little bit more redneck than we are. (laughs) They have a hell of a lot more fun than we do. You know, as as a fishing guide, I have taken people from Italy, well, where the virus is. But anyway, they are so much more laid back than us Americans. Hmm. They are. Yeah, I don't. Maybe it's because they're on vacation. When I go on vacation and I get away from home and I leave the wife, no, no, I, 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 I am more laid back. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's it goes back to Brett's email, and uh, you would say that uh, that most of uh, us Americans are arses. <laughs> arses sounds like a winner to me. We're all a bunch of darkies. Yeah. Uh, all right, so. Not masks. <laughs> math. Math. Be math. Be math. Be math. So, and then not, okay, so this is legitimate B math. Not okay. not when we were joking about like chicken math and B math, and yeah. it's like, you know, one hive equals 12 hives and all that. Um, Jacob has been sending us a lot of fun little memes and stuff on social media, and he had sent us one that was, uh, it basically said, this is one hive, and there were three hives in the photo. And it was like, this is four hives, and there was like eight hives in the photo. And he was like, you know, this is B-Math kind of thing. Um, but so not like that type of B-Math, but legitimate B-Math. This is something that everybody needs to know and you need to be able to pay attention to because this is going to become very crucial literally like right about now when you were talking about, well, except for in Australia, you guys are getting ready to go into winter. So, um, but for us coming into spring, 
this is something you guys need to be very, 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 very educated and knowledgeable in because educated, 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 very educated in so that you can understand what is actually going on when you decide you want to do a split or you're looking for a queen or there's all these things going on. Um, We did an episode last summer in the middle of the summer dearth saying, I, did I lose my queen or I lost my queen or where's my queen at or something something like that? I think it was I lost my queen or did I lose my queen? Anyhow, did I lose my queen? We're going to go with that one. I don't know. We've done we've done enough now. They're all starting to blend together. So in that episode, it's talking about the summer dearth and it's really hot and the queens stop laying and people freak out because they go in and they look in their colony and they don't see any brood and they don't see any eggs. They don't see any larva. And they don't know what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean the queen is gone. It's that the colony actually knows and understands that there's no food out there, so they shouldn't be raising any babies. So if you rewind back now to the very beginning of spring, some people are still in winter. Um, Jacob actually sent us a message yesterday, said he's had two weeks of beautiful spring-like weather, and then he was driving home last night in a snowstorm. And so that's Where the hell does he live? He lives up north. No doubt. But he's driving home in a snowstorm, and he's like, hey, this is what you've been trying to warn everybody about. Like, here, we were getting all comfortable. We've mm-hmm. had two beautiful weeks of spring weather, and now I'm driving home in, like, a little mini blizzard, and mm-hmm. it just kind of comes out of nowhere. So some colonies may not be raising tons of brood. You may be coming out where if the colony did not have a lot of food left and there's no incoming food in there, they may not be raising any brood. So you may still have a queen. She may not be gone. But you just don't necessarily see the signs of her. And if you're not very good at finding the queen, then you may think she's gone because you've just gotten yourself used to looking for brood, right? So what we talked about for you just a moment ago was going through and putting in an extra frame or bar from another colony that had eggs in it Mm -hmm. so they can go through and they can raise a new queen Mm -hmm. if they don't have one. If they have a queen in there, be it a virgin queen, because maybe your colony swarmed and you... You didn't catch it, right? Mm -hmm. And now you don't know, is the queen gone or is she here? Well, first thing you can do, put in a frame of Mm -hmm. eggs and larvae. Mm -hmm. If you're lucky enough to have multiple colonies anyway, put in that bar, that piece of comb that has those eggs and larvae in it. Mm -hmm. And if the bees ignore it entirely, Mm -hmm. it's likely that they have a queen in there still. You just didn't see her. If they don't, 48 hours later, check it. And they will have started making emergency queen cells on that frame. And that will tell you immediately, okay, no, I don't have a then queen. Then we're going to take the They're biggest go through and one make and one. leave it. The two biggest two ones biggest leave ones, right. it long, and we're going to cut the rest of them open. Right. Well, cut them out. Cut yeah, them out. Just remove them. Yep. So now this is where the B math part of this comes into play. So for us in Central Texas, we're good to go right now. Mm-hmm. We can start raising queens because we have drones available. So the very first thing we're going to look at on on BMath is we're going to talk about the concept of getting your queen, raising a queen and getting a queen fully mated. Mm -hmm. You don't want to start that process when there's no drones in your area, because that means you're going to raise a queen. No problem. Mm -hmm. But then she has nobody to mate with. And that can cause problems down the road for you. Either she only mates with a tiny handful of drones or one drone Mm -hmm. doesn't have enough genetic material to really do the job she needs to do so therefore she gets inside the colony she might lay a few workers and then she starts sputtering out and then it's all drones and then you have a drone laying queen and it crashes out or there's nobody to mate with and she's just straight up an unfertilized drone laying queen Mm -hmm. well you don't want to end up in that situation so you don't want to raise the bees and raise the queens preemptively so the very first thing to do is you have to 
kind of use your colonies and use an average of them. So like when we went out and we checked your colonies that first time around and we had, you had several of them that had no drones whatsoever. They weren't mm -hmm. even trying. You had a couple that were starting to raise drones and then you had one that had adult drones already in it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So what you do is you look at the colony and you go through and you say, okay, well, drones take 26 days to be mature, to, to mm -hmm. emerge as an adult drone. All right, so there's your first thing. They go through and they start laying the eggs on the larva inside there. It's going to be that full 24 to 26 day time period before those drones actually emerge out. Once they emerge, they need a minimum of two weeks as an adult drone before they become sexually mature. Mm -hmm. So even though you look inside your colony and you're like, oh, I've got some drones in here. If they just emerged in the last day or two, they're not mature yet. Once they've been emerged and they've been in the colony for at least two weeks, three is preferable. Mm -hmm then they're sexually mature and they're ready to actually go out and mate and they'll start flooding the drone congregation areas. Now, if you only have one colony that's doing that and you've got five other colonies that are not, then you can assume most of the colonies in my area are going to be an average of this. Mm -hmm. So there's some drones, but not a lot. Now, once all the colonies start kind of making drones, well, then you know that probably all the feral colonies and all the other beekeepers, their colonies, they're also going to be raising drones. Mm -hmm. And then you know that it's okay to go ahead and start raising your queens, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got that timeline on that drone. Then you've got a timeline on a queen. So from egg to adult queen is only 14 to 16 days. Now, the, the textbooks are going to tell you 16 days because that is like the pure blood Italian genetics, right? Right. You start mixing in some of our redheaded mutt genetics and she can hatch on the 15th day or the 14th day, depending on how much Africanization she has inside of her. That's not a great thing because then that means if she hatches first, she also has the ability to kill off all the other ones that have less of that genetic potential mm -hmm. before they can emerge out of there. But anyhow, that's irrelevant. So we'll say 14th to 16th day, your queen emerges. Mm -hmm. From that point, she's going to stay inside your colony for one week as a virgin queen. Mm -hmm. She'll still have the same size head, same size thorax, but her abdomen is going to be very short and drawn up, almost kind of like a triangle. It's not going to be a long, slender torpedo. It's going to be kind of a little stubby triangle. And she'll look about the same length as the worker bees, even though she's got that broader body in the upper part of her, but not necessarily the abdomen. She's going to go around. She's going to be groomed. She's going to be fed. She's going to kind of get the feel for her body. She'll go out and she'll do a couple of little orientation flights. And then at the end of that week, she'll finally leave to go do her nuptial flights or her mating flights. Those can take up to three days. So... Starting from the day that she emerges, you have five to seven days inside the colony. Then you have two to three days of mating. Then she comes back to the colony. Now she's fully mated and she may be able to be spotted a little bit easier because now her abdomen is going to start to elongate and engorge and get bigger. Well, she then waits another five to seven days before she ever lays her first egg. So from the time she hatched, which was at that, we'll say, just average 15th day, right? Mm -hmm. From the time she hatched, you've got a minimum of 10 more days before she ever starts laying any eggs. So people sometimes will panic because their colony may have swarmed and they may have swarmed a week before they got there. Well, when that happens, and we talked about this on, on uh, one of the actual Deeper Dive episodes where we went through the, the ebb and flow of a colony, um, one of the things that will go on in that is that the original queen will stop laying eggs up to three days before the actual swarm leaves the colony. And that's also usually about two to three days before the new virgin queen emerges in the colony. Well, 
an egg only stays an egg for two days, and on the third days, it hatches into a larva. And then you have a virgin queen that comes out of that, and she's going to go through and do stuff for at least five days, which means if you came into this and the colony swarmed a week ago, there will be zero eggs and almost no open larva inside the colony. It'll just be capped brood, mm-hmm. but you don't see any signs of a laying queen, and then you may panic, and you're like, oh my god, my colony's queenless. What happened? In that time frame, when the virgin queen originally emerged... She kills all the other queens that could potentially be there, and the bees start deconstructing the queen cells. So if you give them enough time, there won't be any queen cells in the colony because they will tear them all down and remove them. And so you're not seeing evidence of queen cells, not always. Sometimes you'll see them where the the whole side's open, but they still have half of the peanut shape to them. And you go in there, you look around, you don't see your queen, you panic. But she's there, but she's just a virgin, and you can't necessarily identify her as well. So you go back through and you look at all that timeline on that and you say, okay, well, I have capped brood in here, but I don't have any eggs. So they may have actually swarmed. The The mother queen may be gone and I need to go through and I need to, to see what's going on. Well, that's one of those cases where you can take the comb with the eggs and the larva and mm-hmm. put it into the colony. And if they do have a queen, they're going to ignore it. But if they don't have a queen, they will start making those emergency queen cells. But if she's a virgin queen, will they still ignore it? Yes, Because they have a queen. queen. They have a queen, and that queen still has the queen pheromones to her, so they know they've got a queen, and they know she's going through her process, and they know everything's okay. And that's one of the things that sometimes can buy you time, Mm -hmm. because even if she's not mated, a queen in the colony is better than none at all, because that's going to keep your colony from going laying worker. Even though your queen, even if she, say, she didn't get properly mated, she may come back and she may end up being a drone layer, but she is still a queen and she still has the queen pheromones and she still will keep the colony in check as far as the colony going laying worker. Mm -hmm. So now they may try to turn around and realize that she's not properly mated and they may try to supersede her, which won't work because there's no fertilized eggs. Like it can still cause issues, but it's, it's kind of the choosing the lesser of the evils when it comes down to that. But so you go through and you you just kind of have to look at some of those things. You have to know that for the swarm perspective, you have to know, well, if they did just swarm and you haven't seen anything from 10 days, it doesn't mean that the colony is doomed. She won't even really start laying until 10 days after she's emerged anyway. So you go through and you kind of have to wait and and play that waiting game. Now, the next part of that, though, is if you are going to raise your own queens, this is where the B math comes in. You need to go through and you need to look at your colonies and you need to estimate where everybody in the region might be at based on your colonies and where they are with drones. If you have capped drones and you know those capped drones are going to emerge, say, at the end of the week, because you know they were capped on the 10th day and they're going to have 15 to 16 more days before they emerge out of there. So you're going to go through and you're going to say, okay, well, my drones are going to hatch next Friday. And then I also know it needs to be three weeks before they're actually sexually mature to be able to mate with the queen. Well, now you take that math and you figure out how long it takes a queen to be old enough to go and mate. It's 16 days for her to be emerged as an adult queen Mm -hmm. and then another five to seven days before she's ready to go through and mate. So you're looking at 21 to 23 days, right? Mm -hmm. So you're looking at 21 to 23 days on your queen. Mm -hmm. And then you turn around and you have to reduce that number from the number of time that it, or number of days it's going to take for the drone. Are you following? So if you look at the drone and you're like, okay, so a drone is going to be X amount of days before it's sexually mature. So then I know that I need 23 days for my queen to be ready to mate. 
So you can turn around and start raising your queen and set it up so that by the time she emerges, your drones will be right at that mark where they're sexually mature and they're ready to go. And that's going to actually allow you to have a better chance of your queen getting fully mated and being able to raise a nice, strong colony and keep that colony going for longer. But it's all about doing that math. Now, if you're already past that early spring point and you get into the, like the, the late spring and almost early summer parts, well, then you're good. Because at that point, there's drones everywhere and you can pretty much raise a queen anytime you want to. But coming right out of winter, you have to do that math and make sure you don't raise your queens too early. Because if you do you're going to have a problem. There's going to be issues along with that. Yeah, because uh, the one hive that we have that was honey-bound, one of them y'all opened up, and it had half of it, one side of a frame. Solid a, drones. Solid drones, yep. yeah, drone cone. Yeah. And then we have the the hive over at Rick's, uh, the 10-frame. It has live drones in it. Mm-hmm. And I think the 8-frame had live drones also over there. So if this was a small colony that uh, when it was swarm it left and had a virgin queen she's only been in there he told me that they checked that they couldn't they checked that meter box like a week before they found out they called me there was no bees in it and a week later there was bees and uh, there's so much fresh, just like four little fresh combs in yeah. there. And they weren't very big, no. so they, they hadn't been, well, the swarm's not very big either. No, so. it wasn't a three cups of bees. If it was two and a half, it's probably about right. Yeah, so you've got, you. so in, in that instance, and this is lucky enough because they started off earlier. Yes. So you're going to have, a, uh, or sorry, no, no, no. You're lucky because the swarm started off a little bit later. Yes. Now, some of the swarms that we started seeing people posting online, when you start seeing swarms in like January and February, mm. that the swarm itself may not be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, although in a southern state, an earlier swarm could also, again, have higher Africanized genetics because the African bees are like, hey, there's food all year round, which there's not, but they think there is. So they just kind of go whenever they want to. Mm-hmm. But what concerns me is is not the swarm that you go and catch, but the colony that it came from. Because if that original mated queen does swarm early, because like let's say like at your place, mm-hmm. you guys went through and you you know you were you're being honry, not honry, you're being mischievous, and you were purposely feeding um, pollen and, and sugar to the tree colony. Yeah. Because you really, really wanted them to get big and strong so they would swarm so you could potentially catch the swarms and then have the extra bees, right? Mm -hmm. Well, so if you have a colony that has tons of food and they're getting incoming food really early in the year and they build up really early in the year, that one colony may make drones, may get to the point that it decides to swarm and they'll take that original mated queen and off they go. So you catch that swarm and you're good to go because you've got the original mated queen from last year. Mm Mm-hmm. But the colony that's left over is now in the situation where they have a new virgin queen and there may not be any drones for that colony for another month. Wow. Okay. So that that's what always concerns me. And I see people on social media, you know, and they'll be like, hey, I caught my first swarm. And I'm like, oh, crap. It's like February 15th. <laughs> I And it's not the oh, crap about the swarm. It's like. I wonder what happened to that other colony. Yeah. Was it a managed colony? And if so, is it going to be okay? Is it going to make it to the point where the queen can then get out there and get mated? Or is she going to fumble? Maybe she mates with one or two drones and and there's just enough in there for her to lay some eggs. But the bees know she's not properly mated. So then they turn around and they make another queen. 
off of one of the few eggs that she does lay that's mated, right? And yeah. then that queen takes her a little bit longer, so then when she goes out and mates, maybe there's some more drones. But they may go through a process just to survive where they end up requeening themselves doing supersedure and emergency queens multiple times before they get a queen that is fully mated that can actually sustain and, and stay inside the colony. So there's lots of random crazy things that can occur actually in those types of situations for the early swarms. But um, but it's it's just imperative for everybody to know, to know your bee math, go back through, look at your numbers, know how long it takes for a, a queen bee to emerge, know how long it takes for a drone bee to emerge, and then know that from the time the drone emerges, it's three weeks before he's sexually mature, and from the time the queen emerges, it's one week before she's sexually mature. And that'll help you guys, especially right off the beginning of the year, know when to start raising queens if you're going to try to do that and know how to get that other stuff done. So that's kind of the, the main point of that there. Um, we will go through next week, and we will talk about doing splits. And we will talk about going through, um, maybe actually we'll have a conversation about installing packages because your packages will have come in by then. Yeah. Um, so we'll go through and we'll talk about some of those things. And we'll also talk about some of the concepts like checkerboarding and why you checkerboard or why you do some of these other things uh, and how to properly do it and how not to do it. So we'll put some of those things in the next episode as that comes along because we are now in March and it is kind of time to really seriously start thinking about some of those things. So that'll be one of the next topics that we get on there. And, uh, and you know, that's one of the reasons that Max, you know, his one hive that he likes uh, that y'all caught, we call it the rock hive. He can't wait to split it, but he says, Dad... He was afraid I was going to steal his queen. He's he afraid you was going to kill his queen. No, it goes with the split. It yeah. goes with the original split because it's swarm. It's yeah. not swarm. It's an artificial swarm. Well, but but that's a great point, and that's something that we can kind of end on here just to go along with the bee math and stuff, too, is if you are going to do a split and you're going to come through and you're going to do all that, do it the way that nature would do it. Mm -hmm. So in nature, when the colony does divide and swarm, the mother queen leaves the colony. Mm -hmm. She doesn't stay there. So when you do your split, Take your parent queen, if you're keeping her. Now, if you're mm -hmm. requeening all of it, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. But if you're keeping the queen, take her and put her into the smaller box and, and use her for the split and then leave the rest of them there to either raise their own queen or to get a new queen. And it keeps your main colony thinking they've swarmed because now mom's gone and a new person's taking over. On the other side of that, that new split that you made that has the original queen, it's in a smaller box. There are fewer bees mm -hmm. and... If she is getting older and her pheromone output is getting lower, she can still control that smaller colony way easier than she can the big colony. If you yeah. if you do it the other way around and you take, there's a couple things that can happen here. If you do it the other way around and you have the main colony and you do the split from that main colony and you put the new queen in the new box and you leave the mother queen in the original box, if her pheromone output is decreasing, they're still going to turn around and try to swarm again or they're going to supersede her and you're going to lose her. That's a that's a very high likelihood there. Or if they've already gotten to the point where they want to swarm and they're thinking that she needs to be gone and they're raising queens or anything mm -hmm. else, they're going to still try to push her out or kill her because she's not supposed to be there anymore. Right. You know, so it's it's just better to do it the way that nature would do it and put the yep. original queen into the split. Put her in another bunch. Yeah, put her in another bunch. And <laughs> I did that for five years with one queen, my favorite queen. I didn't want to get rid of her and she was amazing. So I would graft off of her. But every time I did a split or every time I put her in a colony and she got that colony nice and big, I took her out of it and put her back in a nuke. 
And I just kept letting her raise colonies, basically. And I kept grafting queens off of her. And we did that for years. And I was able to keep her. And she was wonderful. But I didn't ever leave her in the monster colony. Yeah. You know, I know that rock hive, she raises good. She, I mean, it grew so so fast. And that's the bunch that y'all took out of a swarm. Yeah, that was the ones we cut out of the tree Mm -hmm. twice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, uh, I mean, she, it's crazy. I mean, she... She fills full frames of brood, and I mean, she took that. Well, I'm fixing to have put two more uh, mediums on her today. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she, she's a good one. He said, "I don't want to lose her. She's so good." I'm saying, "Okay, you won't. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you won't lose her. You'll just get to make another colony on yeah, her. Yeah, that's all you do. That's it. And in that colony, I have a corneolan or a, or a Russian or a cross or whatever the heck." You bring whatever. Yeah, I'm not bringing anything this year. Oh, you're not gonna bring anything. No, we're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna let them. We're raise your bees. We'll see what happens. Well, we're gonna have to. How are we gonna do that if we're splitting? They raise their own queen just like they would in nature. So we're gonna take a frame of brood mm. in there, put in there with the. No, 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 no. Remember what we just said. Oh, we're taking the queen and okay, yeah. they raise okay, okay, yeah. I yeah. Think, we'll let yeah. the original colony raise a queen. Yeah. Now. Yeah. We may turn around and requeen some colonies later in the year, yeah. but we're going to wait until all the queen breeders are done with like all their packages and nukes and all that stuff. Because right mm-hmm. now, we had a, a listener actually that was out there trying to find, because they have a situation where they really may be queenless, mm-hmm. and coming out of winter, that's definitely not a good mm-hmm. perspective, and they're still up there where it's a little bit colder. And, you know, I did say, hey, try to reach out to like Big Island Queens, try to find a queen there. And they said that, unfortunately, they had and they're currently sold out. They don't have any. And that is that's always the hardest thing for us in the United States. Whenever it is March, April and part of May, Mm -hmm. it's almost impossible to get a fully bred queen from a breeder because they're all being bought by major organizations that are doing all the packages and they're putting all the new queens in the packages and all this stuff. Um, that's usually coming from all those places and fueled by all that. So it's really hard. Once like mid May gets here, all of the rush for all your packages and nukes are then kind of gone by the wayside by mid May. Everybody's got their packages and nukes. And now all of a sudden the queen breeders have a surplus of Queens and you can get them, you know, drop of a hat kind of thing. So we may end up going in like May or June and requeening some colonies if we need to, if we don't like the attitude and temperament. But I think just as an, you know, as a learning experience, we're going to go through and do the split and actually let the new colony or, well, let the original colony raise a new queen. And then you can see maybe those genetics out there in your area, you know, that's preferable. And that's that's what needs to be there and, and kind of what needs to go forward. I especially. think they're testy myself, but that's just. Yeah, but you you think they're all testy. You hide in your truck because they sting you in the chin because you push your chin out through the much. end of the veil. I, I noticed that. I was doing that <laughs> with this swarm. But those those bees are nice it's because there's they're three tiny. cups of them. You just wait. You just wait. <laughs> they're going to get big, and then they're gonna, you're going to be like, them bees are mean. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh, for all of you patrons out there on Patreon, you will have a bonus episode coming up on Thursday. And for everybody else, we'll be talking to you next Monday. But until then, y'all be good. Be safe. Be happy. Be healthy. There we go. Be, Be healthy. healthy. Be Stay healthy. healthy. Yeah. Y'all don't, you know, coronavirus, eh, we won't get into that. Yeah. Well, more yeah. honey, more whiskey, more <laughs> hot toddies. Uh, hot toddies. <laughs> yeah. That's it. More hot toddies. Be good, everybody. Y'all be good. Y'all be safe. Bye. Bye.
The show might be over for now, but the sting won't last long. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our podcast as we'll be swarming in with new episodes Mondays of each month. Until then, behave yourselves.